Welcome to Fix with the Professor, the podcast or a real statistics professor. And the Mr. Hyde is Dr. Jekyll. Jake. Gives you sports betting tips. I'm Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Monday, February 21st, 2022. And this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I have built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every Division One college basketball game. And information along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games not covered in this episode is available in the Google Sheet linked in the show's description. A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, and C picks are the leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, just a quick recap of Saturday. I gave out a bunch of A picks. The game breakdowns that it didn't go as well, the A picks went a lot better. Um, nine and nine or nine and ten. I realized this after the episode. I didn't mention Grand Canyon. I guess that was good. Hopefully you didn't notice that one. But then I did post in the comment about it. So I'm texting cousin Jared on Saturday when I realize this happens. I'm like, how am I going to do this? Because I don't feel right about if they win, calling it a full win. Since I didn't say it on pod, but I also don't feel great about calling it a full loss. And so I was like, so in the sheet I put it as a half, I don't know what to do with that. It's kind of this weird Twitter case. So it was a half in the sheet. Just was like, I don't know. I, I, I did comment, but I didn't talk about it anyway. Um, mediocre week for me last week, 32 and 35 overall. Jake, only four and four on Saturday, but still a fantastic week last you last week for you. 29 and 15. Obviously, we hope to keep that momentum for you rolling into this week. Uh, Jake, one thing we should know, what do you got? So this is a kind of a, just a basketball thing in general, but man, rivalries are back and I love it. It gives me all of it. I mean, like the whole fact that like Texas Tech found the code to buy f- seats in Austin and then it forced Texas to like kick the code out and kick their own students, out, some of their own students out and then go in and get the win, do that anyway, and are waving by and chanting at the Texas fans as they're leaving early because the game and it was, that is amazing and i love the fact that crowds are back you got like the curtain of distraction at grand canyon the cameron crazies and everything all about that and i love the fact that players interact like you know you know like shushing the crowd when you hit that big three or hit the buzzer beater waving goodbye to them all that kind of stuff like one of my favorite memories is rashad cants but even as a duke fan this is a lot of fun right he's at that north carolina team won a championship and the whole time the cream crazy is going nuts and he's yawning at the at them as he's lighting duke up and it's just incredible but obviously this can go too far like you know getting mad at a timeout while you're running a full court press at walk-ons and slapping the assistant coach one <clears throat> one howard or you know the Sousa running into the stands a few few years ago and throwing a chair you know you gotta have limits but i love the fact that this kind of stuff is back yeah not to get off on a tangent of course but you know we we're talking a little bit right before we hit the record button here this is life, right? You have to understand you go all out in something, but then you have to understand this isn't life or death and you have to be able to control your emotions. And that's a life skill that, you know, we hope to teach, you know, our, our children uh, as, as a professor. It's one thing I try to communicate to my students, like here are these life lessons, you know, how do you handle yourself in difficult times? How do you, you know, whether it's meditation or whether it's deep breaths or whatever, how do you calm yourself down? And, and, and it's, it's unfortunate when, uh, a coach doesn't model that. And obviously there's all the hot takes ab- about that. So I'm not going to go into that, but it's just, it's just unfortunate. And, um, you know, it, it's, 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 um, it's sad to see, uh, you talked about the players interacting the one, I don't know if you saw it yesterday. I thought was hilarious was in the Purdue game. Uh, the, one of the opposing players knowing that the, ch- that the fans chant sit down whenever you, he, 
sits on the bench waited until Ivy was taking a free throw to sit down so that the fa- the students and the fans yelled sit down as he's shooting the free throw and of course he misses I don't know how much that affected him but I was like I love it like yeah, it, it just it, like, like it's fantastic yeah <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Before we get to today's slight reminder, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Subscribe or follow if you aren't yet. We appreciate those things. They help us out greatly. Share with a friend if you know others in the game, and drop a comment if you're on YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. We'll start us off tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, UTEP at Middle Tennessee State. The model thinks Middle Tennessee State should be about a six and a half point favorite. They're only five and a half, so it's a B pick for me. I think that Middle Tennessee State can cover. A couple key notes here: the model is six and one on Middle Tennessee State. They're uh, when they back Middle Tennessee State, the model is three and two fading them. So it even knows where some of the few times that Middle Tennessee State doesn't cover. Model is also two and zero fading UTEP. I just think the number hasn't caught up yet. I think there's a little bit of value here. Go ahead and grab this before it gets out to seven. Jake, what do you have for us? Yeah, I'm, I'm riding this MTSU team. They've been really, really good to me. I, I, they've been good to anybody. I think they've covered 18 times and pushed once and missed four. So I think. They are. That's incredible. Yeah, they're just on a roll of just covering. You know, the old saying, good teams win, great teams cover. Exactly. And they're shooting better here of late in the last three games. They average, they still average about the same eight threes, but they're hitting 43% instead of 33%. So that's a big increase. And they hit free throws at an unreal rate, hitting 78% of those. So that's really good, especially in these tighter games. And like, uh, UTEP just lost one of their best players. A third, he's a third leading scorer. He's up there in rebounds and like he's not leading anywhere, but he's always in the top couple with uh, Keontae Kennedy. And I'm not sure, he's questionable for night. And I don't think he played last game, so he's definitely not going to come back at 100. percent And I just I really think MTSU keeps this rolling. They win this game and cover it probably in the 10 range. But I, I just MTSU has been really good to us, and I like it. <laughs> They have, they have, and I, I like that to continue as well. Same time slot here, Indiana at Ohio State. The model thinks that Ohio State should be less than a five-point favorite. So I've got an A pick. I'm going to back the Hoosiers plus seven. A couple of key stats for you here. The model is three and one when backing Indiana, two and one fading Ohio State. The model's underestimated both a little bit, so there's no real bias to point out. Um, this is one that, that Jake and I disagree on, and we're not putting it in the talk me out of segment because I'm not going to let you talk me out of this one. Uh, there is one that, that I will I will actually go up in the air, and I will actually I still have not made my decision. I'll, I'll hear arguments on this one. You're not going to talk me out of this one. We're just going to go head to head here. I'm dying on this hill. I think personally, and this is you know you viewer at home see see who you think see what you like between what I say and what Jake's going to say. Uh, personally, I don't think Ohio State has done anything lately to give me any confidence that they can cover a number like this. Um, they haven't looked good lately. Indiana hasn't looked good e- lately either, necessarily. And so that's why exactly why I love plus seven. Um, obviously, fouls could play large in this one, but that's a lot of points for uh, two teams that I don't see as drastically different from each other. Uh, Jake, sell the people on why you think Ohio State can cover seven. Uh, Indiana doesn't travel well, and they've been struggling here recently, losing all four of their last four. They lost at Northwestern, but you could say that was the suspension thing. And then uh, they lost the last their last road game. But they're just not they're not playing well. I mean, Ohio State's a very good offense, not a great defense by any stretch. And I, th- I think it is a bad matchup for Indiana. I think they took advantage of some home calls and things, and when they won at home. I don't think that comes out again. I don't think they shoot as well. I think with fantasy being out, that hurts. And I think Trace Jackson Davis has a really tough matchup in EJ Liddell. And I think those guys square off 
very easily. I think the difference is EJ can step out and shoot, but it's a very small difference because Trace Jackson Davis can keep up with him athletically everywhere. Um, and Zed, Zed Key and like and Royce Thompson should square off. So I really think it comes down to the guard play, and Ohio State has better offensive guards. Like Xavier Johnson and uh, Miller Cobb. Miller Cobb is supposed to be Indiana shooter, and he hasn't hit hardly anything this year. Xavier Johnson, I don't know that he knows what a jump shot is supposed to look like, but it's whatever it is, it's not what he has. Um, I mean, not Shade. Bad, I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's just not not a jump shooter. He's, he's, got, he's averaging almost five assists in a game, so he's, he knows how to play. Just, disclaimer, play. disclaimer, right? Anytime we see anything about a player, we acknowledge they are infinitely better than we are, right? <laughs> so, so much farther better than I am. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and he should probably still beat me in horse if he wanted to. But right. I, I really think I really think it's it comes down to the guard play, and he and that's for that's where the difference gets covered. I, I don't think it's a giant leap to over seven. I think it'll probably eight, nine, ten, and then but that's where I think it sits. Gotcha, gotcha. I think I would have an easier time of you talking me into that if Ohio State had not just lost by double digits at home. To Iowa, uh, I think if that was a, if that was a road loss, I think it's a lot easier to say yeah home road and think about that. But that that just really it shakes me. Like, like I said, I, I'm sticking with Indiana, so uh, hopefully that's some useful insight for you, uh, viewer, uh, to to, de- to decide how you want to play that game. Obviously, follow the number on that one. Uh, if it gets over seven, we talk about seven being a key number. Uh, that makes Indiana look a whole lot more favorable. If it drops down towards the six range, then that uh, obviously makes Ohio State look a little bit um, a little bit better as well. So just check the number on that one. Uh, late game tonight, one that I think should be really interesting if you are staying up late for it. Uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. New Mexico State is a short one and a half point road favorite at Seattle with a total of 141 and a half. I've got this as a wrong team favorite game. I have the model at Seattle minus one and a half. So it's a B pick for me at Seattle plus one and a half. If the number gets to two and a half, that's an A pick um, or the equivalent money line. But at this point, uh, there is a three point difference between what I make the game and what the book makes the game. The only difference is that some of those points don't matter because you can't win by zero. Um, and so because of that, the, that point differential, just the model isn't viewing it as quite as much of a value pick. And that's where I get A, B, or C from is how much value that is um, between the number that I make and what the number that we can get is. Keys for me, the model is 5-0-1 backing Seattle. Seattle's been very good to me this year. I've underestimated New Mexico State a little bit. Um, I've been mostly wrong fading them, but not by as much as Seattle. So I've liked Seattle, but I have not even liked them as much as I should with how good they have been this year. And so I'm taking Seattle. I'm taking the plus one and a half just to have that extra uh, little bit in my back pocket in case it's a buzzer beater type game. If not the equivalent money line, something of uh, a plus 105 or something makes a lot of sense too if you want to go that direction. Jake, give us your take. Yeah, I'm, I'm Ron Seattle here. I know they let me down on Saturday, um, but I didn't get to watch that game, so I don't know exactly what happened there. But I know they still won by three. But this game is absolutely huge for for them and for New Mexico State. They're playing for number one seed in the WAC. Uh, in the WAC. Um, there's not really a great at-large chance for either team with neither team really having any quad one victories and then no, none left on the schedule either. Um, so th- this is really big because that one seed means a lot. Um, Seattle is a very good shooting team, hitting almost 10 threes a game, ranking 15th in the nation, and uh, has gone up to 13 in their last three. So they are shooting the lights out of it right now. Um, and they hit 38% of them, so it's not like they're shooting 100 to hit those 13. They are 
hitting it really good right now. And and I'll go along with that, their free throw shooting stays up there around 77% all year. So they're ranking in the top 20 there. Like, and, but defense is their calling card. They're a very, very good defensive team, very underrated, um, not talked about enough. But New Mexico State is a 2-4 and four as a road favorite this year. They don't travel that well. And they don't hit free throws. They're shooting around 68%, which is huge. And they turn the ball over so much, like at 20% rate. So that I don't see how they can cover against a good defensive team, like with being favored and turning the ball over like that and not being able to hit free throws. Um, I know if you want to look at the history, New Mexico State got them good at home, but Tim, uh, Teddy Allen had the game of the year there for him. He scored 33 points on pretty good shooting, and that was almost half the team's points. So I don't think that's repeatable. I think obviously that'll be the game plan to slow him down and. I think Seattle gets it done. I think they win the game and cover for sure. And you, you pointed out New Mexico State struggles on the road. We've talked about this previously, so if you've hopped on board recently, um, the WAC has some of the worst travel in the country. They try to pair them back-to-back -back so that you're not going all over the place. You know, play a Thursday, Saturday type thing in the same region of the country. But it's some brutal travel, and so a lot of teams in the WAC have really interesting conference home road splits because it's just hard to, to travel that far. Seattle to New Mexico, especially New Mexico State being in the far um, southeast corner of the state. I mean, you're talking about some rough travel there, and so I think that's something to keep in mind as well. Like you said, New Mexico State got the better of them uh, in Las Cruces. Again, that's a tough road trip for Seattle. I mean, how we're returning the favor, and so I'm with you. I think Seattle gets the win there. I like that pick a lot. 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Baylor is a four-and-a-half-point road favorite at Oklahoma State, looking for revenge uh, for Oklahoma State, knocking off Baylor earlier in the season when Baylor was number one and rolling. I'm going to take under 138-and-a-half as a B pick. The model thinks it should only be 138. I think that's a tad high myself. Baylor got back to slowing down this last weekend after two – Kind of crazier high-scoring games against Texas and Texas Tech that kind of came out of left field. I'm wondering if Flagler affected that, him being out. Again, we've talked about Baylor just kind of a mash unit uh, with regards to the injuries. We don't know who's playing. I feel like we're never going to know who's playing for Baylor. If you think, if you tell me we know who's playing for Baylor on game day, I'm, I'm just not going to believe you. I'm going to be like, sure, right? Because this has just been a, a recurring theme about who's in, who's out, and then some random new injury pops up, and I'm like, I didn't even know that happened. I mean, it, it, it's just been a disaster for them it's mostly you know we talked about one of their two big guys is out but also a lot of their guards being in and out i think that affects the pace a little bit um baylor being the better team should control the tempo and i'm just not sure especially if flagler doesn't play if they really want to push the tempo both these teams are more comfortable playing lower scoring games and so i think that's where it leans i've just got to hope to avoid overtime or 20 points in the last 85 seconds. I will still be bitter about that for a long time. It's just the way it goes in this game. Uh, so I like under, Jake, my question for you, can Baylor go on the road in a tough atmosphere and not just win, but win by five or more? I think they do, but I'm not exactly thrilled with that pick. Like it's, it's the way I lean. I think they take care of the ball better because Oklahoma State's metrics are really turnover dependent. If you start digging into it, like their efficiency metrics are bad. Like they don't shoot well. They don't really score that often. It's they force 18, 19 turnovers a game and they eat off that. So if you take care of the ball, it really kind of shuts them down. They don't really have they don't have Cade Williams or as I was saying, the number one pick last year or whatever, like to give the ball to and say, give me a shot. They don't have that guy anymore. 
And so they really they were very dependent on that on him last year in those situations yeah. for sure. Well, so they really struggle in the, when the game gets slowed down in the half court. And I really think that's what Scott Drew's going to do: one, save his team's legs; two, like hide hide some injuries. And it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know Scott Drew that well, but it wouldn't surprise me if they went started pushing a little more zone into it to kind of save save that. But I know he likes that pressure defense, so I don't know if he'll pull that off. Um, but I really think Baylor's, like we said, the better team. They'll control the tempo, and I think they get this one. And I think the free throws and stuff towards the end will, like, jump it up. But something to keep your eye on. If you start seeing Baylor turn the ball over a lot, they they will drop this game just, yeah. uh, just like they did previously. Yeah, yeah. and you mentioned uh, Drew with the defense there. I will say as a Baylor fan, you never really know with Scott Drew. He had the zone as the calling card for so long and then kind of out of nowhere switched to man and has been mostly sticking with that. But Drew's just a great coach. You just never know what he's going to do, what he's going to pull out, how he's going to attack it. So nothing would surprise me. I don't think he will do that, given what he's done. But again, you never really know um, what exactly that team will do. So it should be an interesting game uh, there in Stillwater tonight. And then the other Big 12 game, the Talk Me Out of game here, TCU at home against West Virginia. They are a four-point favorite. The model thinks TCU should only be a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So the model says to take West Virginia plus four. Jake, here's why I'm a little nervous about that. The model's one in six backing West Virginia. West Virginia has not been kind to the model. Of course, the model's only one in three backing TCU. Uh, neither is above 500 fading them. So the model hasn't really liked either one of these teams. So the model thinks these two teams are pretty even. And so TCU should not be this big of a favorite. There's not a ton of home court advantage there in TCU. Uh, one of the few places you can say that in the Big 12. So Jake, talk me out of grabbing four points with West Virginia. So I, I think this like this will not be a fun game to watch. It will be a tight game. But it's <laughs> going to be a struggle offensively. Both teams are just rough. I mean, West Virginia can get it going if Sherman and McNeil get hot, but that plays into TCU's strength, which is their defense, and they guard the three-point arc very, very well. And so they've got plenty of bigger guards because Sherman and McNeil aren't the biggest, most athletic guys. And so they've got the guys to match up well there. Um, and I think that's the biggest difference, right? you got home, so your role players shoot a little better, so maybe the offense gets going a little more for TCU. The defense stays the same. I think West Virginia has got to have a huge shooting night out of both those guys, or, and I don't think they get that. And with it being a smaller number like this, it's not it's not going to take a lot. They could take a 1-6-0 run towards the end of the game, and then all of a sudden this number's out of reach. So I, I really think TCU gets it done with defense and just forcing uh, somebody else besides Taz and McNeil to do anything. All right, all right. Well, I think uh, I will agree with you on this one. The fact that the model is only one in six backing West Virginia makes it easy. Also, you've done really well in these segments, and so at least until that turns around, I'm going to trust you on this one. The model can't win all of them. Uh, that's obvious, right, especially when it makes a prediction for every game. And so I'm going to fade the model on this one, and I'm going to say TCU can get it done um, and cover that short number at home. Nope, both of those games will roll into our game breakdown records on the sheet if you're tracking that. And that takes us to our overtime A plays segment. I've got two of them for you at 530 Central Colgate minus 17 versus American. That is a giant number. The model's built not to like giant numbers. So if it says lay a giant number, I just roll with it without thinking too hard. American 
has been really bad. And then the A-plus play of the day at 7.30 Central, Texas Southern, going back to the well there, minus nine at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Talked about this on Saturday. I was a little bit nervous about it, but I was going to trust the math. They had a strong second half and got the job done. I think the same story happens here, too. I'm going to trust the math. I know Texas Southern has been a little bit up and down. Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff, we are 6-1 and one on A or B fades of them. And so I don't see any reason why not to keep trusting that. I like Texas Southern, even though it's on the road, to go out and get a comfortable victory there. Which takes us to our buzzer beaters. I've got the best B-side, Georgia Tech plus nine at Syracuse. We talked about Syracuse on Saturday. I laid the points with them. I liked that one a lot. That was, I think, both of our like second or third favorites you know, of the A-picks on Saturday, and they just ran away. I think it's too many points. I like Georgia Tech plus nine. And then the total of the day, four and two since its return at 7 p.m. Central. I'm taking over 157, kind of a large number, but for Citadel and Samford, I don't think that number is large enough. These are two of the faster teams in the country. They both have above-average offenses, both well below average defenses. I think this total should be over 160. I don't see there being too many uh, segments in that game without points because it's not like you know one team has uh, at least a decent defense or one team has a struggling offense or something. It's like if one team kind of goes four minutes without scoring, the other team will, right? So uh, as long as it's not a blowout type game and they just stop playing at the end, I think 160 should be pretty easy for them to hit. So I love over 157 there. Jake, what are your buzzer beaters? So I am riding with the South Carolina State team. This Delaware State team is putting up a fight with IUPUI to be the worst team out there. So I think South Carolina Not a fight you want to win. <laughs> Uh, South Carolina State's got a good defense, and I think I think they'll cover this eleven fairly easy. And I've I've been backing this Holy Cross team for a minute now, and I think I don't think the numbers is quite caught up to how good they are uh, playing right now. Not that they're a good team, and Lafayette I and mean, they're very similar teams with going against this Lafayette team. So I think seven is just way too many points, and I think Lafayette probably still wins this, but us I, I think Holy Cross keeps it close. Yeah, I have a total play I like in that Holy Cross game. If you want to check out the sheet for that. If it wasn't for the total play, I'm with you. I like that Holy Cross uh, pick at that number. I'm wondering if Holy Cross is starting to put something together. They had an impressive uh, game this weekend that kind of took me by surprise. And so if they've really turned a corner, then I think you might be onto something with Holy Cross there. And that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder, check out the Google Sheet for picks and totals on all of today's games and tomorrow's games. If you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe button for a new episode every weekday of the college basketball season and a live Q&A episode on Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on YouTube. That was a lot of fun here two days ago. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.